Blog Talk Radio. for justice against corruption is never easy. It never has been and it never will be. It exacts a toll on ourselves, our families, our friends, and especially our children. In the end, I believe, as in my case, the price we pay is well worth holding on to our dignity. That's a quote from Frank Serpico. Now, in case you don't know who is Frank Serpico, he was born in 1936. So he's a little bit older right now, but he's living in a remote area in New York, in a New York State uh, area neighborhood. Uh, he is best known for whistleblowing on the New York City police and what a price he paid. But he came out of it alive and, again, as he says, the price we pay is well worth holding on to our dignity. Good evening, I'm Tanya Hathaway, and I'm your host with Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Brooks' 89.9 KLRB FM Lighthouse Christian Radio in Oklahoma and the surrounding area. This show is brought to you by Marcel Reed and the annual Whistleblower Summit and Journeys to Justice. I want to thank you for tuning in. It's been a little while. There's some crazy things that go on in life, as we all can attest to. And uh, and so that's, hence, I've had some absences. But I'm glad you've tuned in tonight. Uh, tonight we have a special guest that has gone through uh, quite a bit. Um, and uh, as you saw in the promo, it's been at the hands of the Hughes County in Oklahoma Sheriff's Department, and some, I'm not saying all, all, and I'm not going to uh, assume that everybody attached to Hughes County Sheriff's Department in Oklahoma is engaging in public corruption and uh and abusing the power, but it sure sounds a little bit like that New York City police department that was loaded with public corruption that Frank Serpico took on. So maybe this is a smaller level, but it matters just as much now as it did then. And it matters wherever it's happening. So is this happening to you where you are? I know that our listeners attract certain individuals that, you know, maybe with this promo, what you saw is, God, I've got to listen to this. Well, again, thank you for being here. I've got James Abbott with us this evening, 
as well as Stephen Burke, who, yeah, that rings a bell. Stephen Burke runs the radio show, uh, 89.9 KLRB FM Lighthouse Christian Radio in Hughes County. And uh, he has been, he's with us tonight live as well. And we're going to talk about, with these two individuals, we're going to talk about, oh, goodness. All right. He's trying to call in. Just bear with me one second. 917-388-4520. Press 1. we got to get him on here. Sorry about that. Um, and so we're going to talk about what has happened in the past, and the name might sound familiar to you as well, uh, James Ramsey. I mean, I'm sorry, James Abbott, because he has been on with us in the past when him and his wife's home were taken away from him illegally. Now, his his wife, Sheila, she also has a special needs sister that they take care of. So... Their hands are full. They've lost their home. They've been living in any way possible that they can, um, being homeless and uh, in an RV. And uh, Do I have you on with us now? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, James, I don't know if you heard the introduction or not. Um, but you didn't. You weren't able to, right? Because you were trying to um, come on. And did you hear the quote with the? Uh, no, ma'am. Uh, I didn't hear. It. Okay. So I'm going to reread this quote because I think this is very important. Uh, as I, you know, introduced you. The fight for justice against corruption is never easy. It never has been, and it never will be. It exacts a toll on ourselves, our families our friends, and especially our children. In the end, I believe, as in my case, the price we pay is well worth holding on to our dignity. Now, that's by Frank Serpico. You know who Frank Serpico is, right? He's the guy who busted the New York City Police Department, the corruption. He was a policeman himself. So, um, you know, I know you're not a police officer, so you're not taking on from the inside a department, you know, but what you're what's up against you is the sheriff's department and you don't deny the fact that in the past you've had a legitimate run-in with the police and you did pay your price for that right so that's full transparency but it seems you're still paying a price um, but there's more to that story is this about the past how does frank serpico's quote resonate with you and um is this about the current and public corruption of certain individuals and their power-hungry greed? These are questions that I have for you as I introduce you. Welcome. Thank you for coming on. You're in an indisclosed place, undisclosed place, because we're not going to tell anybody where you are because you're being sought after by some very corrupt people. And, by the way, I did tag uh, Hughes County Sheriff's Department in uh, – that went out, the promotion that went out. So I expect that there are listeners. So I'm going to ask Praise you if you want to say something. Praise the Lord, right. Right, <laughs> exactly. 
so thanks for coming on. But how, what does, how does that quote by Frank Serpico resonate with you, given what you're going through, given what you've already gone through, losing your home? I explained that. Um, you know, years in your wife's home. I explained that you're, um, you know, you've been, you've gone through some homeless times, and that you're just, you know, just barely getting by, and you're also caring for your wife's special needs sister. So, so in itself, that's hard enough, but you're also in fear of your life. That quote resonate with you? <laughs> well, it don't even come close to what's going on in Oklahoma. I mean, I, I've been trying to get people to listen for a long time because this ain't the first time this has happened. I mean, I, I've got stuff that I can prove and take polygraphs to with the cops that's done crooked stuff that would blow people's minds. Oklahoma is not the number one incarceration rate in the world for no reason. We don't have the worst people in the whole United States or the whole world. The reason they're all locked up is because you just the judicial system is crooked. That's why I took this polygraph test to prove myself that the cops took me down there and held me on the side of the road and let people drive up and point guns at me and threaten to kill me. The same people I've done turned in for trying to do it before, the same people that stole my horses, the same people that killed over 20-something of our rescue animals over a two-and-a-half-year period, and they would not do nothing about it. They just kept, when i done your radio show and told on them for all that, I told on that judge, Tisha Smith, for being cousins with the lawyer and working in court. They stole our home illegally, sold it at the sheriff's auction to the dude that was doing all this, the, the family that was trying to shoot us, threatened to kill us with the cops, killed all our animals and everything, ended up with our home. I mean, uh, yeah. how convenient is that? That's no coincidence. That's no coincidence. No, not now, at all. for our listeners, you just brought up something very important. That's a polygraph test. Now, it wasn't the sheriff's department that wanted you to take it, is it? No, I did it myself. Right. Did they ever ask you to take a polygraph test? No, they never did anything. I'm asking them to take one now, though. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Can you ever imagine them asking you to take a polygraph test? That's exactly what, you know, where I'm getting at. That's exactly what I'm getting at. Okay. So um, just to get this over with, for transparency's sake, um, when you had a run-in with the police when you were younger and, you know, were reckless or whatever, you know, and you, you paid your price already, so that's all in, in the past, okay? But we are being well, transparent. It's in the past for a little while until this all gets blowed out and uh, the justice starts taking place because 90% of the stuff that I got in trouble for growing up was because I couldn't afford the justice in my county. I wasn't guilty, and I can take polygraphs to 90% of that and prove they lied, put fake evidence against me. I had the game warden testifying against the sheriff's department in Choctaw County that they were planting fake evidence on me because the game warden's the one found it. So he knew it was fake. I mean, this has been going on for years, and I'm not the only person, and I've done spent seven and a half years of my life in prison for stuff that I didn't even do because they're liars and thieves, and everybody believes them over anybody else. I mean, it's time so for this stuff you... to stop. It is time, and... As you know, I mean, we could have shows 24-7, and it wouldn't be enough. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So why do you think you're the, you're a target? And I know you're not the only one, so it's not it, – this isn't uh, said to you that way, like what's so special about you. It's like – you know what I mean? But 
But I'm what poor. do you think it is? Yeah. I'm poor. I can't afford justice. I can't afford to hire the lawyer that lives right across the street from the courthouse that's in bed with the judge and the district attorney and everybody else in the courthouse over there. I can't afford those lawyers. I never have been able to. I've never had no family. And when they got somebody like that, I've got polygraphs I'll take right now. If anybody wants to pay for it, I'll take it. For the Hughes County laws, I sit in the jail cell back there hurt with a hernia they blowed out of me and my neck hurt, losing my vision, and heard them sitting in there talking, saying that, uh, did you find any close family, any relatives, anything? They said, no. I said, oh, we ain't got nothing to worry about. He ain't got nobody. That's why America, you know, Oklahoma is the number one incarceration rate in the United States. I agree. And nobody's, nobody's standing up for it. And, I, and I, my tailgate on my truck is a blue line flag. My sticker's all over my truck. I'm in every back-to-blue parade in the state of Oklahoma I can make it to. They've got videos of my truck there. I've been in fights standing up for the police. I believe in law and order. But all you cops that took an oath and you believe in God, the United States of America, love your family, you believe in that oath, then you need to stand up against them freaking crooks, man, because it makes you just as bad or worse than them. We ain't never going to solve this problem if somebody don't stand up. I'm standing up now in fear for my life. Yes. I was just going to ask you that question. Do you feel your life is at risk? Well, I, I've, I've felt like that for a long time, but I'm to the point now that I feel like that my life is worth nothing if I'm not willing to finally stop and stand up because I've had all this living like this. I can stand. I mean, I'm a good person. I, I've helped ever. You ask anybody anywhere I've ever lived, you ain't going to find nobody that says they ever needed help that I didn't help them anywhere. I'm not a bad person. I grew up poor with no parents because they run off and left us, and I had no money to fight the system, so I just become another product of the system and another paycheck to them. It's sickening, and it's all over. I know hundreds of people in the same boat. Yep. Yep. They they find out who, just as you said, who does not have some. And, and, and is this? Is this because they're just having fun, or is this just be, or is this because they're trying to get something from you? Like, that, like you get the amount of health. you get the amount of justice you can afford. That's how much justice you get in the state of Oklahoma is how much you can afford, and that's the bottom line. And there is nobody that's ever been to court that can disagree with that. Oklahoma. There's and lawyers in the others. state of Oklahoma. There's lawyers I know in the state of Oklahoma that has told me and multiple other people that if you decide you want to kill somebody, you bring me ten grand up front, you don't even go to jail. That's how crooked some of these counties are. It's sickening. And the police is is horrible. They've gone way out of control. I mean, there's a lot of good ones. My uncle Jack Abbott was a retired Oklahoma State Highway Patrol, one of my family members I looked up to the most. I've never heard of that man being in trouble for anything crooked in his life. And I don't know why these other highway patrols that's out here, the other sheriff's department, the other city department, if you see another cop doing something bad, you ain't got to wait and go to chain of command and let the sheriff's uh, ridicule you and get fire you or, or let them come down on you because you're scared of them idiots. You go to the news. you got to stand up. People's got to start shouting this crap from the rooftops, and somebody with a little authority has got to stand up and start helping people. Exactly. And and you have reached out to the Attorney General's office, it's my understanding. You've reached out to the Department of Justice. You've reached out to many people about the results of your uh, polygraph. And, yeah, I sent uh, the polygraph and, and the letter with it. On. And the letter explaining what's going on. Yep. Yes, ma'am. And uh, I can't believe that uh, all the people I've called and told that, no, I have this polygraph. I proved all that. I paid for it myself. 
I cannot believe that people are not jumping up and chomping at the bits to try to help me when there's something like this is being proved. I mean, if they had and a polygraph a- against me saying I did something, they would be having me in prison already. But nobody wants to listen and- to the other side. It's got to change. And that's a, that's a big deal. You paid for the polygraph by yourself. You said that you're poor. You told me earlier um, that you for that you uh, you 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 uh, forfeited paying spent, for your rent. That, that, yeah, I spent that my rent money. money to get that polygraph and ended up getting kicked out because I got the polygraph. I had to have it. I mean, I was scared to death of getting arrested any day. Nobody's going to listen to me, even with this polygraph. Nobody's listening. And if you get arrested, they're not going to listen. They're, well, you got to go down and go to jail anyway, and then tell it to the judge when you go to court. The judge down there is the one that took my house. Is the same judge that I had to go in front of over this. They tried to, all of a sudden, when they kicked me out of jail after they hurt me, the next morning, I called them for help. I don't know if anybody knows this, but after these people were around our shed we had to live in when they kicked us out of our house and stole it, we lived in the shed. Thugs come up there for two years killing all of our animals, destroying every all of our court papers and everything. When we went to court, they told us to show up to court first thing in the morning. We was the first hearings there. They made us sit in court all day long, and we were after 5 o'clock before we went in. The courthouse was cleared, and then the deputy came in. No deputy been there all day long until we get up, and they hold us there. When we got home, our whole house been ransacked, everything in there been tore up, all of our court papers shredded to pieces, ripped up, everything thrown out in the yard, our whole house mauled. Now, you tell me that wasn't an inside job. No, um, clearly, you know it was an inside job because of It happened um, multiple times. And okay. when the night that this all happened, when they trying to get me, uh, that's when Mr. Burke was following me down the road because people were around our house, and we tried to go to town and ran out of gas, and he come to help me. We were leaving out of town to go back to our shed there, and the people ran up on the highway and tried to run in the side of my truck and got behind me, chasing me. He tried to get around them, and they wouldn't let him around. He had to run him off the road to get them off of me. And we went home. He sat there about an hour with us, and then he left and went home. And about an hour after he left is when the people were around our shed. They were out there mumbling, laughing, started messing with our stovepipe and stuff. And I called the sheriff's department and asked for help. And I already, they already let people drive up out here with them and pull guns on me, threatened to kill me, everything. So I knew they weren't going to help you, me. And so I called, called an ambulance. For help. Yeah, right. I called them out okay. to help me. Well, I'm on the phone with the so-called dispatcher, and they're giggling and stuff, talking about, well, we're not sure where your location is. And they've been there over and over harassing me, so they knew exactly where I was at. Well, I told her, she kept giggling and stuff. Well, then all of a sudden I kept hearing that giggling, and I heard it outside the shed. My sister-in-law heard it outside the shed, the same giggling. So I just put the phone down, covered it up. I got off the phone, hung up. I called an ambulance to come out there, so I had witnesses out there. And uh, I called in for help. All of a sudden, the same people that had been outside for a long time harassing us that I was calling the police over started shining lights on the shed, saying they were Hughes County Sheriff's Department, started yelling my name and told me to open that door and they better see my hands or they was going to kill me. I was scared to freaking death. I called in for help. Well, I pushed the doors open, laying on my back with my hands in the air with my teeth gritted, thinking I was going to get shot any second. They ran up there and grabbed me by my hair my head, bent me up. And, my, and I said, man, my neck, my neck. And they jerked me out of the shed, drug me across the yard, bent my neck all up. I got nine bullets and herniated discs, stenosis, arthrosis, degenerative disc disease, and formal narrowing all in my back and spine and my neck. And I told them that, and they just kept laughing. They kept bending my neck, turning me around until I started locking up. My muscles started spasming and jumping. I started seeing lights. They blew a hernia out in my waistline and until I, it was severe. The ambulance people you looked at it and said I would live. Yeah, I was seeing bright lights, and all my muscles in my body was just jerking at the same time from my neck. They were pinching nerves in my neck. 
Oh, okay. Now, hold on. I'm going to bring – so this is obviously abuse of power. Um, you came out – you came out, you were on your back, you put your arms up. They told you to come out and show your hands, right? So you – and yet they still did that to you. So you weren't Yeah, and nobody ever asked me, are you okay? Nobody said, Miss Rabbit, are you okay? Nothing. I'm the one called in and told them people were out here messing with us and starting to kill us, and we've already had this trouble a hundred times, and we're in fear for our lives. I called them and told them that. But then all of a sudden, the sheriff's department's out here yelling they're going to kill me. Nobody asked me if I was okay, if we were still alive. Nothing. You're they not came there. They were already okay there. Yeah. Nothing. I'd like to bring Stephen Burke as as a witness to to this, and uh, so that we have him on with us as well. Um, Stephen, are you available? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, hi, thanks for, thanks for coming on. So, um, you know, uh, okay, like we'll go back to James said. Hey, I'm a good guy. You know, I'm somebody who goes out and he and, and helps people. You know, people that know me know I'm a good guy. What do you have to say about that, first of all? Well, he's always tried to help anybody that, that I know of. You know, there's a lot of times that we went and helped somebody or did stuff, and he he was all the time going over somebody's place, trying to take care of their animals or help them while they was in need. So, yeah, I don't. I don't have no problem with that statement. That's that's all I've seen. I never seen him messing with nobody or trying to do anything to anybody except just mind his own business, but nobody'd let him. Nobody would let him. So how long have you known him? Oh boy, I don't know. I've he used to come to our uh, prison services in the in the jail there when he was still incarcerated and then He's been out for quite a while, and come he he attended our church there, the same church I still go to for for years. Mm-hmm. Outside you know, and, of the prison. Yeah, yeah. So I've known him in the prison and outside the prison for I don't know how many years. It's been it's been quite a while. More than ten. Stephen, would you say more than ten years? Yeah, yeah, definitely more than 10 years. Oh, okay. All right. So this is for our listeners, you know, just to get some perspective on, you know, somebody who can give a testament to his demeanor and um, and when you knew him, you know, when he was paying his price to society for something that, you know, he's saying that he was set up over. Okay. So, that, you know, that's, that really stinks but he was still trying to make himself a better person and find salvation and, you know, and, you know, uh, getting by for horrible environment, I'm sure. Um, so can you share with us what um, uh, witnessed most recently what, with what James is talking about and feel free to, like, interject with each other? Well, he's talking about the day he got chased down the road. We, I went to Allen to take him some gas. I forget why. I think the gas station was closed already or something. And he ran out of gas up there. But anyway, we were sitting at the dollar store after we got his truck going. 
and watching another vehicle. I believe it was it was a Chevrolet pickup, best as I recall, and I think it was red. But anyway, it had went over, and there was a cop parked down the road a block or so away. That pickup went over there and was talking to that cop for quite a while. And we had discussed that that pickup looked like the one that had been harassing them out there where they were staying. So anyway, I told Abbott, I'm going to be on your bumper leaving town. So when we got Mm -hmm. ready to leave and head back to where he was staying, I was right behind him. And we get to the intersection there at the gas station because we was parked at the dollar store, which is just a block over. When I get to that intersection, here comes that pickup and squeezes in between me and James Abbott and starts trying to ram him off of the road. So at that point, we're going down the highway full throttle. I'm trying to get back in front of that pickup that's trying to run him off and uh, couldn't get back in front of it, so I run him off the road. It's the only way we got him off of Amen. So, and then that's the night that he called the sheriff for help when people starts coming out there around his place. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd done witnessed this. I'd done been with him when they tried to run him off the road. They was trying to ram the back of his pickup like you see the police do when they hit the corner of your truck or something and put you in a tailspin to stop you. Right. Well, they trying to ram right. the back of Abbott's pickup, and I wasn't going to have it. I got up beside him. Couldn't get in front between them where they had to ram me, so I just run them off the road. This is like, you know, some kind of a movie, you know, it, it sounds like, you know, the things that you would see in the movies. So are you able to identify who it was uh, that was in the pickup truck, or um, what do you feel is the reason why that was happening? I don't know, but they did an awful lot of talking to the law before all that happened, and I don't know what the connection mm. there is. Yeah, I do. Abbott might. You know, I I, I can't – I don't think I can identify the person that was driving it because I was too busy trying to take care of the situation before somebody got killed. And uh, right. so I was paying attention to the driving <laughs> and uh, – what they yeah. was doing to Abbott, not to, to who was driving sure. that other vehicle. But I know they and were like spent a con- considerable time over there talking to the law, and I don't know what that was all about. But they obviously buddy buddies with the with the with the law there. It was the local town of Allen police of that they were talking yeah. to. It was the same Allen police that just got all the highway patrols out there and killed a dude with mental problems in the town of Allen right there and just shot him in the head. Because he left the oh, yeah, they, they took yeah, him, same police. They took, him, they took him out of the attic of that house. They demolished that house trying to get that guy out of the attic. Yeah, shot him in the head. Here, he had mental that? problems. These are the same police. So everybody knows why that thug was talking to the police. So can you well, identify yeah, okay. who that person was? Yeah, I know who it was. Want to say the name? I mean, be careful. I don't, I'm not. You know, if, I don't. I'm not sure what his name is, but I know where he lives at in Allen, Oklahoma, because I know his truck and I know exactly where he lives. Fair enough. So, is Allen in Hughes County? Part of I it. I think it's part just. Of it ain't. 
It's just on the line. The line between there and our and Hughes County is right there in, at the edge of Allen. It's the same people, same families, same thugs, same ones that donate to the Hughes County Sheriff's Department, same ones as part of the same cults around there. Oh, so all you have to do is donate to the Hughes County Sheriff's Department, and then you know, and then they'll have your back, right? Then maybe they'll 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 help you steal somebody's home. Is that it? Okay. Oh. No. <laughs> so. Yes. I used so, to donate okay. to the. I used to donate to the law enforcement around uh, Holdenville all the time. <laughs> they didn't quite have my back. Maybe it wasn't enough. Maybe that's what you're you on the wrong. You, you're on the wrong side. You're donating to the uh, side that they show the public that it looks makes them look all clean and, and clear. You're not donating to the side that's got all the thugs hired. Bobby Hauser has got a rap sheet a mile long, federal and state, and he is a process server for the Hughes County Sheriff's Department right now, the Hughes County Court System. He has a rap sheet a mile long on both sides, and now he has the right to trespass, uh, uh, go past people's no trespassing signs and enter their property. And that's the guy they put in charge, him and his wife, over our property, let them come in on us while we still live there and video with their little kids with cameras and notebooks and get in all of our drawers, our house, our everything in our bedrooms and take pictures and videos of everything with the help of the Hughes County Sheriff's Department by the order of the Tricia Smith, the judge in Hughes County. He's the same I people. He's a process server. He now, can legally trespass. We've actually got video of them in James Abbott's house doing all yeah. this. Exactly. We're getting in, in our bedroom, in our drawers, everything. They documented everything we own and everything in our freaking house. And the judge ordered it. The sheriff's department let them in. And these are enemies of my wife's family. Enemies that wasn't ever allowed on our property, and now all of a sudden they're in charge of all of our stuff, and we get kicked out of our house. And the man that been killing our dogs and stuff for two and a half years and pulled guns on us twice with the sheriff's department's help owns our house and land. We want our house and land back. And I've been pushed around all I'm going to be pushed around. I'm about to lose my temper again, but I'm telling you, this is ridiculous, and somebody needs to step in and help some people out because this is getting bad. They've tried to kill me for the last time. Say just, um, just okay. Imagine because it could be the fact that some um, officers are listening right now from the uh, sheriff's department. Say there's uh, some that are corrupt and some that aren't corrupt but are listening. What what's your message to them? If you ain't corrupt, then you are going to shout from the rooftops of the corruption in the department. Your oath means nothing if you're going to sit there and watch another officer do illegal crap and break the oath that you took to, to take care of all of us to serve and protect. That's the oath you took, serve and protect. If you don't want the job and you're not up to the job, go to work for Walmart, clown. I'm sick and tired of you people taking sheriff's department jobs, city cop jobs to work because you hate other people. And you want to come out here and stretch your authority. You're supposed to protect and serve the people, man. I got your back. If I see a cop on the side of the road, somebody trying to hurt him, I'm the first one going to pull over and smash somebody's ass. I stand up for law and order. I raised three little girls. I believe in law and order. I don't want none of this crap going on illegal in the world. I stand up for it every day of my life. But I am not going to sit around and be arrested, beat up, hurt for the rest of my life, sent to prison and marked for a piece of crap the rest of my life when I can pass the polygraph and prove that I didn't do none of the crap they're saying I did. I'm sick of it. People, somebody's got to start Amen. standing up and saying, well, let's listen to these people a little bit. 
Yes, I got I the proof agree. now. I have a polygraph test. Anybody out there listening, I have a polygraph test proven. Hughes County Sheriff's deputies came out, led me and my wife over to a fence, let these same people pull up, point a gun at our face, and tell us they was going to blow our heads off, and the deputies turned their back and laughed at us. They, my wife said, you ain't going to do nothing. They said, we don't hear nothing but your loud mouth running. That's the God's honest truth. I done took a polygraph to it through the man in Tulsa, Oklahoma, who does it for the Department of Corrections and the police departments. This ain't no joke. It's real. Somebody needs to stand up and quit being cowards. Okay, and I've got a copy of that polygraph test, and the examiner is Jason Holt. Now, would you be willing to take another polygraph test from another uh, polygraph examiner that is on that is you know a neutral person? Um, I will take I polygraphs you, from all of them. Right, I, and I know that you sought out one that has like one of the best, if not the best, reputations um, for the effectiveness and the precision of the polygraph test. Because hey, so their, their, their you, name is Holton Rains. Holton Rains. That's the company. The two people work together. Jason Holt and uh, I think Bobby Rains is his name or something like that. And they're the best okay. in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay, and you took this on November 21st, 2021. Um, uh, the examiner read and signed the form outlining Oklahoma's polygrapher, uh, polygraph bill of rights. Oh, the examinee, forgive me. So that means you did. This form also contains a waiver uh, releasing the polygraph examiner from many claims resulting from or arising out of this exam. The examinee signed the form and acknowledged he understood um, or asked a series of medical questions to, to determine your suitability for the exam according to the answers given, the examiner's observations. It was concluded uh, that you are suitable for testing. So you want to go over some of those uh, that were asked of you? Do you want to over them or uh, want me to ask you know or do you want to say what they were because I'm looking right at it on the day your horses were stolen did the Hughes County deputies refuse to assist you the answer is yeah, I, yes go ahead yes they refused I, I watched these people the same people that owns our property now I watched them steal my horses they ran them up the road with their four-wheeler ran them through their gate into their property I showed the police the tracks where the horses went in and the four-wheeler tires was over top of it. I showed them every bit of that. I said, I've been watching them all night. He's got my mare tied up in his front yard all the way till daylight, and the rest of the jack and the two mule coats are staying with her because they won't leave the mare. So I watched them till daylight. Well, then at daylight, he started up a four-wheeler and ran them to the bottoms, which is hundreds of acres they got down there, Edmund Perkins. Well, I went, they run them down there, so I called the sheriff's department. I said, hey, I've been watching this dude, got my horses all night. He ran them in. They came out. I showed them the tracks where they ran over him with the fool to run him into his property and everything. They went down there, talked to him, come back in five minutes, and told me, he said he ain't seen them, his horse, your horses ain't in his property, and if you don't believe him alone, you'll go to jail. You've been trespassed from his property. You're not to go down there and bother him. And I said, hey, excuse me, bud, but you need to get off my property now. I said, as soon as you leave, I'm going to get my horses. He said, if you do, you will go to jail or be fined. And I said, I don't give a crap. I'm going to get in my horses. If you ain't going to get them, get the hell out of here, and I'll go get them myself. Well, they left. My wife called down there and told them I was on my way to get them, and I got me a big piece of pipe, and I headed down there to beat their gate off the hinges. And when I got there, they come down their gate, ran my horses out. 
The sheriff's department refused to help me. They stole my horses twice, and I caught them in the middle of stealing them once and took them back from them, and the sheriff's department would not do nothing because they were down there talking with that same man every evening, sitting on our corner, watching our house. Steve Burke, the man that owns the fishing radio station that's on here now, took pictures of them sitting at the corner of our property, stalking us every evening, sitting down there until they wore a big old hole out in the ditch. They'd been parking there so much, trying to intimidate us. That was my next question. Do you have any pictures or video? And Steve is great. He is great a hundred plus times away, but he's great when it comes to being able to document. Are you lying? Okay, another question. Are you lying about someone trying to ram your truck on Highway 1 in Allen, Oklahoma in January 2020? You answered no. This is the incident that we're talking about now? Yep. Yes. Okay. Are you lying about Bobby Perkins pointing a gun at you in front of Hughes County deputies who didn't take action? You answered no. That's correct. Okay. Chart analysis. Three scoreable presentations of the relevant questions were collected. Analysis of the chart indicated no significant response past result. This result was also confirmed using a computer algorithm. The exam was limited in scope and addressed only in the relevant uh, listed above. Your audio keeps dropping out there. Mine does? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, thank you for letting me know that. Can you hear me now? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, You've got phenomenal. You're faded out again. like you're getting too far away from the mic or something is the way it's acting. No, I'm right I'm right here with I'm right here. Um can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes ma'am. Okay. I'm so sorry. All right. So you, you know, this polygraph test is a wonderful support of your um statement of, of truth. Because yes, ma'am. we we yeah. Not to mention the the wit the witness uh, has there been more than one witness? Did your wife see anything happen? Um, my wife and, my and, wife was standing right there when that's what the polygraph says. They pointed the gun at me and my wife. She was standing beside me. They made us go down there by the fence in our pasture, and our mailbox is on the other side of the fence. And they made us walk down there while these other people were stealing our zero turn mower through the home and auto deal in Holdenville, Oklahoma. That woman's connected with them all. The Tiny Blaylock, who is a thug in uh, Calvin, Oklahoma, who's been busted with pounds of weed at the car wash and everything else and never went to jail. He's a big old thug. Everybody thought he was the biggest, toughest dude in freaking Calvin, Oklahoma. And he's got a grandson who's a UFC fighter. They sent them out there to my house to try to manhandle me and take my lawnmower from me. And I ran them off, put them back in their truck, and sent their little sissy ass back to town. And then they come out there with the police next. You tell me how the biggest thug in that whole town can come get police to come back out there and take a lawnmower from somebody. How are these biggest thugs in the freaking whole county tied in with the police to where they can all come together and take my stuff from me that I didn't owe nobody for? Okay. Somebody needs to investigate. And that's going back to a question that I was trying to get at earlier. 
So what do you feel is the motive of uh, the of the sheriff's department? What do you think that they get from all of of this with the their alleged interactions? Um, and it is uh, just, it's just uh, like every other. Every other small town in the state of Oklahoma, everybody working for the sheriff's department has got kin folks and married folks all over the county. And just like the Holdenville uh, City Police Department, a bunch of city cops just resigned because the city council was trying to get them to go arrest other people that they didn't like and shit that they had trouble with. So a bunch of city cops in Holdenville just resigned because of that. That's the reason we have the number one incarceration rate in the nation and in the world. They're okay. all freaking crooked, and somebody has to hold them accountable. I mean, if a cop gets in trouble, he gets to go to a kitty camp and spend half his time and then go home. This is, he ought to be held to a ten times stronger standard. And when somebody like me has proof, I ought to have FBI agents, everybody in the country, busting down my door to come in and help me, not try to arrest me and keep me on the run. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right, when somebody's exactly. innocent, they're innocent. And when somebody goes through everything I went through to prove I'm innocent, People ought to stand up because I've ran as far as I'm going to run. I've done everything I can do to prove myself, and now all I can do is stand up for myself. And I'm going to hand somebody their ass when they come to get me. I've done everything I can do, and I can't run no more. I don't have that much run in me. Okay. And you're in the meantime, you're afraid for your life. I, I've tried, I'm scared to death at any second of every day. I'm going to have to fight till my death over somebody trying to come and get me and take me back to a jail where the police already let people point guns and threaten to kill me. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that I am in fear for my life and my life will be taken if I end up back in Hughes County, and I'm going to fight right where I'm standing for my life before I go back to Hughes County. I've had enough. This is America. This ain't Nazi Germany. I'm tired of being pushed around. I know my rights, and I'm going to stand up for them if I have to die for them. As long as it is still America where the Constitution matters, you need to absolutely uh, stand up for our rights, and our Constitution Listen, Thomas, does matter. Thomas, Thomas Jefferson said that the tree of liberty from time to time must be watered with the blood of tyrants. That's Thomas Jefferson. Our forefathers knew what they were talking about. And people think they're going to come and keep beating on me and hurt me. And I've been running two years sick and puking every day because this hernia the police gave me. And I've been having to run and hide from it. And I'm tired of running and hiding. If it's time for me to water the trees, then so be it. I'm okay, sick so of it. I'm, you ain't pushing me no more. I'm sharing some, uh, this podcast with some lawmakers when, you know, uh, this week, okay? Now, what I want you to do is is a, a little bit more slowly go over what happened to you, how they physically manhandled you, and, and what, what they did to you. And, and you mentioned earlier um, to me today that, um, you know, they took you into an abandoned building and whatnot. I want you to get into some of these details, if you would, please. Yes, ma'am. Um, the night that this happened, Mr. Burke was behind me, witnessed all that, the people trying to ram my truck, everything. I went back to the shed. He stayed there for a while and left. About an hour later, they were all around our shed out there again with my handicapped sister-in-law. They were messing with our stovepipe, and a, a bunch of stuff went down. All the stuff I said, I called the police and everything. But they carried me to jail. That night, they arrested me out there. After they drug me out of the shed by my hair, messed my neck up. I had an ambulance show up. I told them, I said, look, man, I'm seeing big bright lights. They bit my neck. I got nine boys and herniated discs. And that the sheriff's dude's laughing with the uh, ambulance driver and said, all I need to know is he's going to live. And they said, yeah, he ain't going to die tonight. They said, that's all I need to know. We're taking him to jail. So they took me to jail. 
on the way to jail, we were driving down the road, and they were sitting up there giggling and laughing, whispering back and forth, and they say, ah, we're fitting a hard left turn, hard left turn, and they would turn to the right, and then the left real hard and bounce my head off the glass. They did that all the way. We got way out in the middle of somewhere. Somebody in Hughes County will know where I'm talking about. They took me out some dirt road, and there was big burnt buildings like barns or warehouse or something like that way out in the country, and we drove through it, and one of the deputies said, man, I've never been here before, and the other said, yeah, you can do whatever you want to people out here and nobody ever know about it. Kept mouthing off stupid crap like that. They got me to the jail. They were sitting in there. When they drug me out of my shed that we were living in and smeared their hands, they drug me into a burn pile where we'd been burning brush and stuff, and they kept smearing their black hands over them gloves all over my face, smashing my face down all this, all the way to the uh, top car. They kept squeezing my face. They, and when we got to the jail, after all the, the intimidation on the way to the jail, they got me in there. I kept telling them, man, my neck, I'm seeing bright lights. I can't hardly hold myself up. And I started falling, falling. They said, sit on this chair. So they rolled a chair up there by me. When I started to sit down there, they pulled it backwards, and I fell over the floor. I ended up in the oh. floor of the sheriff's department. I could hear everything going on. I can see them. I'm trying to talk to them, but my neck is short and everything out of my body. I'm, my hands are cramping up. My jaws are cramping up. I can't talk. And I'm sitting there looking at these idiots standing over top of me, and they're laughing and taking pictures of me. Well, I find out later they took that a picture of me laying in that floor like yeah, I guess, because they never took a mugshot, fingerprints, no rest record, no nothing. They had me in there. Well, I come to find out they took that picture of me laying there, and they sent it out to a cop over in Calvin, and then that cop sent it to Steve Burke, the guy that's on the radio right now. They sent him a picture of me laying in the floor where I'd been convulsing and told him that all that black marks around my nose where they'd been grabbing my face and sticking their finger in my nose with them black gloves, they told him it was meth. That black stuff around my nose is meth. And that's what they told the cop over there in Calvin, and they spread that crap everywhere. And I, they hauled me on to the jail in there that night. When they done all that, they put me back there in that cell, and I was in a holding cell in Hughes County with a toilet that didn't work, nobody else in there, and there was doo-doo stacked all the way out of the toilet, falling over the sides of it. It stunk so bad I couldn't keep from vomiting. I had my T-shirt over my mouth trying to keep from puking. And I was sitting there with a hernia that they caused, blowed out of my waist, in my scrotum, big as a, a grapefruit. And my neck messed up where I couldn't even see what was going on in front of me. I couldn't see nothing within three foot of my face after they bent my neck up and stuff like that. And I kept asking them for help all night long. They wouldn't help me. Well, the next morning, they moved me into the big cell, and all them people back there started throwing a fit and said, man, this guy's hurt bad. Y'all better get him to the hospital, or we're going to tear this whole jail down. Well, they took me to the doctor's office, ABC Clinic, in Holdenville, Oklahoma, the next morning, carried me down there. Them people looked at me, looked in my shorts, and said, oh, my God. They turned around to that female deputy that was there and said, he needs emergency surgery now. They said, well, we'll have to see what the jail administrator says. So they got me up, got my clothes back on, went left out there, went back to the jail. I was back there like 30 minutes sitting in the back, hurting like crazy. They called me up there, hand me my clothes, tell me to get dressed, and they had me boot, open the door and boot me out, shut the door back. I never got no paperwork, never nothing about court dates, nothing, anything, and they just kicked me out of jail with my scrotum hanging out like a damn grapefruit. Nowhere to go, nothing to do. I went down to a place that helps people with it, homeless people and people that need food and stuff and got a preacher to call Steve and get a hold of him to come and get me. How are your injuries now? i still got the same injuries. I mean, I've been hiding for over two and a half years now, and I'm scared to death to go to a doctor because I'm afraid every time I go to a doctor, I've got to tell them that the police did this. And if you go tell them the police did it, I'm scared to death they're going to call the police and then come in there and then run my name and then cause me all kinds of trouble. 
I've been scared to death of y'all. I went to the, I went to the eye doctor right after it happened, and my whole vision was messed up. And now I got to have glasses to see anything within three foot of my face. Oh and it's gosh. on record that I did tell them, and it's on record at the ABC clinic that I told all of that was caused by them uh, deputies. The ABC clinic, I was scared to say the deputies did it because there was a deputy standing right there, so I told them it happened at the exact time that they did that to me when I called them for help and, and they come out there and hurt me. And for anybody listening, James is willing to take a polygraph any of these Crime of everything, uh, anything I say on this show, everything I've said on this show tonight, I will take a polygraph for. I can't afford to pay for it myself. I'm already behind on my rent, getting got kicked out, and I'm in a new RV park. So, so we're asking anybody who this is shared with, um, any lawmakers, any anybody that I'm going to personally share this with that isn't listening now also, um, that you follow through with this because you know this is not what public servants are supposed to do. And, uh, and this man on with us tonight is not the only one. No, sir, no way. And, um, to the yeah, so you know well, it, about it's a bunch on, more. I... Yes, ma'am, and I know a lot more about people in McCurtain County, uh, sheriff's deputy investigators that you could pay five hundred dollars and they would set somebody up with methamphetamines or anything you wanted. I can pass a polygraph to all that. It's sorry, it's crooked. They are monsters everywhere. They tried to have me killed in the county jails because I know so much on them. I mean, it's sickening. And a cop cannot be punished anywhere about for anything. This guy was involved with the multiple drug dealers and all kind of stuff, and now he's a broken bow city cop. That's the only punishment he got. They swept it under the rug, moved him out of it. All the other guys got 10 years in federal pen that he was buddies with. One of the main drug dealers he was college roommates with. His name is Billy Conway, and he works in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, now as a city cop, last I heard. And he is a liar and, and a crook and a thief. I'm telling all of them everything I know, and if they come at me trying to kill me, they're just going to have a big rude awakening. I'm sick and tired of it, and I can't live this way no more. And we've got this on the record now. This is on the record. So let me ask you, who can you identify from the Hughes County Sheriff's Department, wish to share the name, that have done this to you? The Marshal Maxwell, the sheriff, and the undersheriff, which was a friend of my wife's through high school, all the way through the middle school, grade school, everything. I can't think of his name now. Everybody knows who the undersheriff is. He was her friend until this stuff started going down, the illegal crap happened, and then he wouldn't even talk to her. That's how bad corruption is in the sheriff's department. And he'd been her friend his whole life, and he wouldn't even talk to her. They spread so much crap about us and had every neighbor we had. We lived out there in 110-degree heat, with no air conditioner, no running water, no electricity, no nothing. And not one neighbor there would help us because they were all out there with them freaking deputies. One of them is a firefighter who I thought was a good person, lived right down the road from us in Allen, and he turned out to just fall right in with the rest of them clowns and don't give a crap about the truth. And none of them people would help us. We sit out there for days and days and days with nothing to drink, eat, nothing. And nobody would help Let us because the police had told everybody there that we were dealing drugs and dope heads and thieves and all kind of stuff. And I'll pass a, drug, a polygraph test to every bit of that. I never bothered none of them people. 
So let me ask it's all lies, pure lies, ball-faced lies. And somebody's got to stand up and want to hear the truth and do something about it. Do you think that it's possible that some of the people that know you well enough and know better are just in fear for their lives and their families, and that's why they're not standing up? Well, Steve Burke is one of the best friends I ever had that owns the KLRB 89.9 radio station, and uh, he ain't afraid to stand up for nothing. I don't have many friends because I don't mess with many people. I've been dealing with this my whole life. I mean, I can show you. I can pass polygraphs right now to where I got out of prison for stuff I didn't even do and shouldn't have went to prison for. I went to Missouri, got on a job, worked there over a year, got my license ran after work one day, and they said I had a 10-year-old warrant out of Oklahoma. I spent 30-something days in Missouri jail. They stole my truck, robbed my apartment, lost my lifetime job working for Grisham Farms for the number one Tyson feed producers, and I lost every bit of that, sent in jail 30-something days. McAllister came and got me, brought me down here. I sat over 30 days in jail here in McAllister, Oklahoma. They carried me in front of the judge and handed me a piece of paper that said, in the interest of justice, we hereby release you due to any evidence of any wrongdoing on your part. And I still had no idea what it was even about. And they just opened the door, kicked me out on the streets, and shut the door behind me. I mean, I lost everything I had in life. I turned my whole life around, was doing good, and on the way to the top, and these people just freaking demolished. And in the interest of justice, I had to walk. I had a $900 check when I went to McAllister Jail. I made four phone calls. They charged me $400-something. I had a $400-something check when I left there. I had to walk plumb to one side of town to a meat market to cash it, all the way to the other side of town to a bus station, wait till 2 o'clock in the morning to get a ride all the way back to Missouri where them assholes come and got me from and hauled me all the way down hey, here careful, for no careful, reason. Careful, we're on a Christian radio station. I know it's hard to hold I'm down, sorry. I, I get a little bit excited over this. I mean, these people have literally ruined my life over and over. You're at wit's end. You're at wit's end. Yes, I understand that. And I can assure you that our, our listeners are every bit of uh, of shame for the fact that there are no, ma'am, nobody even understands. Nobody could ever comprehend what it's like to have two police deputies, no. sheriff's deputies, carry you down there to the road and let a man you already called them over for pulling guns on you and threatening to kill you, they let him drive up, point guns at you, and then turn around and laugh at you and then leave with your lawnmower they stole from you. And that you have to fix your brain to realize that any day you could possibly have to kill a crooked sheriff's deputy because people are fucking threatening your, I'm sorry, excuse my language. People are threatening your life and trying to kill your family. And if you set your mind to understand the fact that you could possibly have to shoot a sheriff's deputy because they're in with the crooks that's trying to kill you, how do you fix your brain to that, ma'am? I don't understand. I mean, my brain is so fried right now, I can't even see straight. Oh, my God, it's sickening. Yes, ma'am. I mean, my brain is fried over it. I can't imagine. Like, I can give you a little example of how things goes in Hughes County. Somebody wants to hear another little bit of a story. Yes, sir. Yes, please. I sat in on a murder trial in uh, Hughes County, Oklahoma, as a witness one day. And I'm not saying that the guy that they was trying might not have belonged where he got sent. But. They went in and they did all this crooked stuff. They they did a lot of stuff, blood tests and stuff that were improperly handled, all sorts of different stuff. Okay. And they got the jury in the room and they're going through all this stuff. 
The judge sends the jury out of the room. He gets out the federal law book from under his desk there. He opens it up to the portion that deals with murder trials, the type we're sitting in on, and I was a witness as to what had happened earlier in that day before this uh, accident that resulted in somebody dying, which is why he was being tried for that. Anyway, the, the judge gets this out, and he's supposed to have this copied and give it to the jury as the instructions, federal instructions, how to judge the case. Well, the judge starts reading that, and he tells the, the, I forget the woman's name, but it's the woman there in the court that's there during the whole trial. has got to type this stuff up and hand it to the jury. He tells the woman, well, leave this section out. We can't get a conviction of facts in there. Change this section to read this. Leave this one out. Change this to read this and so on. This is while the jury's out of the room, but he left all of the rest of us in there. Didn't make anybody else leave. Does this while the jury's out of the room. The woman goes, types this stuff up with his modifications to the federal law, hands it to the jury so they can get a a conviction. And the judge, by his own admission, said in court during the trial that he should have thrown this case out but he was wrong, and so since he was wrong, he was going to be consistently wrong. Oh, my goodness. They have He's no going, accountability. Oh There's no accountability. He's they, jury tampering by, by modifying or by changing the law so that there would be a conviction, knowing that what the changes that were being made would not convict because there are certain prongs that need to be met or not, he was jury tampering. They don't care about the law in Hughes County. I tried to hire lawyers in Texas and out of Oklahoma City for Hughes County, and you know what they told me? We won't take no case out of Hughes County. They don't go by the law down there. That's what lawyers out of Oklahoma City and Texas told me about Hughes County, Oklahoma. Well, they wouldn't even take my case. They're going to tell you the same thing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They will not yep. come yes, down here and do a case. I called them. Yeah, I called I Tulsa, Oklahoma City, too. Texas. Yep. They won't even take a case in Hughes County because they said they don't even go by the law. But these people, Trisha Smith and Trey Irby are cousins. They live in the same town. They live in the same area, same county, and work in the same courthouse, and they're the ones that stole our house. You can't be cousins and work in the courtroom with a judge. That's the first reason for them to recuse themselves. If you look it up online, uh, familial ties for a judge. If he's kin to anybody or she's kin to anybody in the courtroom or anything to do with the case there to recuse themselves. This woman is cousins with him, and and he was the lawyer for the enemies against us in our place, and she went with everything he said. Five minutes before court, he would follow paper, bring it there until he needs her to sign it. She would just sign the damn thing and send it into court. It was law. She refused. We would have we violated our due process over and over because when we hired a lawyer finally and they shared him and made him quit too, they, he said every time they tip, present a new piece of document in court, you have 10 days to look at that before you can even be turned on it. And she would do it in five minutes and make it rule and it would be law. We were supposed to have 10 days every one of them times. She let three lawyers in a row that they threatened and made quit come up there and quit in front of us and then made us go to our hearing without a lawyer. 
over and over and over. Time to object it, so they wouldn't allow a rebuttal. Is what you're saying? We didn't even know we were allowed that, so hell no, they didn't do it. You know what I mean? We didn't know it, so they didn't do it. We didn't have money to hire another lawyer. They let three lawyers in a row that they scared walk up in front of her and quit for no reason. The only reason a lawyer in the state of Oklahoma can quit is for lack of payment, and ne'er one of them could prove lack of payment because there wasn't no lack of payment. They lied through their teeth. They told them, because our lawyer we hired last for my wife and her property was handing them their butt. He went in there and said, y'all can't do none of the stuff you already did. Everything you did was illegal. They got 10 days for every one of these filings to have a lawyer look over it or to be able to uh, check it out themselves, and you never allowed none of that. And they was handing them their butt. Well, the next hearing we had, he, he uh, emailed us at 10 o'clock at night and said, you need to have a new lawyer to show up to court tomorrow. I'm scared they're going to file criminal charges. I quit. Well, the next day we showed up to court. He went in there and told her he quit because of lack of payment, which is a bald-faced lie because my wife sold her car, paid him in full. Anything else he needed was to be done when we were over with the estate deal. It was all lies. That judge and that lawyer. Oh, he was threatened. That lawyer, you dang right. He was handing them their butt. We done paid him $2,500. And he, now he's got to lean on us for anything my wife was supposed to get out of their property selling. We haven't went and collected any of the money that's owed us because we want the house and land back. My mama, who's a Choctaw Indian, and I'm native. So Choctaw, uh, Hughes County has no jurisdiction over me. They don't know that until right now. But I'm a Choctaw Indian. I got a CDIB card, roll number, and everything. So you have no jurisdiction over me. So all your crooked crap. It's fixing to be shown in front of the Indians or the fans, one or the other. So you're busted. That's huge. That is absolutely huge. Absolutely. Now, uh, and anybody, when any lawyer wants to take it over, I welcome them to call me. You can give them my phone number. Do you want to give it on air? You can give it on air. I know where they can find me. They won't find me around this phone. I just want to make sure that there's no way that you can be tracked down by the people that are trying to hurt you. No, I got about 15 people right now watching the highway and everything while I'm talking. I got a truckload of rednecks that stands up for the law and the Constitution. Okay, so I'm going to do it this way. If you want to give your number, you can, but I am going to give my email address if there's anybody anybody out there that wants to reach out on his behalf. It's injusticeinoklahoma at gmail.com, injusticeinoklahoma at gmail.com. All right. If you want to give your number, that's that's up that's up to you. I just want to make sure because you're not always going to have 15 people looking out after you, and I don't know, well, you know, what it. That might be your. They just use. Yeah, they just use your email. That might save me or somebody else from getting hurt. Okay. So um, this is Bobby Perkins, Edmund Lee Perkins, Tiny Blaylock, and nephew, the woman that owns the. The lawnmower shop in Holdenville, Oklahoma, all your liars and crooks and thieves, and you're going to be exposed if I have to die getting it done. Praise the Lord. Tiny Blaylock, we've certainly, you know, brought his name front and center uh, in the past regarding Calvin, Oklahoma. and Oh, yeah, he's been busted for drugs. He's been busted for pounds of marijuana, everything. If you get into it with one of them Blaylocks and Calvin down there, they all come and beat you up. That's why everybody in Calvin is scared to death of them. That's why James Street has got his water meter took and then sit there for a whole year with no water meter, no water, no nothing, and gets a water bill every month. You clowns right. is jacking with the wrong people. Rednecks are fixing to stand up. We're tired of your crap. Crooked police, everybody. I'm tired of it. It's time for so the good guys to stand up. 
Yeah. Stephen, wasn't the Bible, it Tiny Blaylock that was working for um, the town? Uh, didn't they didn't they hire the town? I, the I'm town not sure why they did He was hired as a knows. private contractor to do cleanup and what have you for the town. And I don't know yeah. all of the story on that. James Treat. He's a I might, if I go try and tell it, I'll probably get something wrong on it. But anyway, you know. Tell James can share. He, okay. he well, I, I can't tell none of that. I don't know anything about that. Okay. Now you were just. But I know he's a thug. That. He's a thug. He's a big old thug. He's a drug dealer. He's a bully. He picks on people. They all gang up with their family and beat people up. They're sissies. They can't whoop nobody one-on-one, so they gang up on people, beat them with ball bats and everything else. It's happened for years down there in Calvin, and everybody there is scared of them, including their family members that run the whole city who has been ripping the city of Calvin off for hundreds of thousands of dollars for years now. And the feds are supposed to be involved in it, but they're all still running the streets down there in Calvin, running stuff with everybody scared of them. We've done so many shows on this. We've done so yeah, many exactly. shows on this. And, so- and nothing's been done. You They're all sissy cowards. They run in packs down there, and they got their own little group, and they got everybody else in Calvin, Oklahoma, scared to death of them, even the police. Well, you might end up in the river. <laughs> yeah, well, I ain't scared to end up in the river. That's where I wanted to be anyway when I die, so bring it on. I ain't scared of none of them clowns. I'm sick and tired of them. The only thing I'm scared of is that when I have to defend myself against them crooked deputies and everybody else is getting a death sentence myself standing up for my rights and what I believe in and what I know is 100% right. I took a polygraph test. I proved myself. I've done everything I can do to prove myself, and now there's nothing else for me to do but fight to not die. So all them thugs down there, all the crooked, I'm not scared of none of them. I'm bringing this out. I'm telling it on your show. My wife and her handicapped sister is the only reason that I ain't done went down there and handed them their butt. I promise you. I proved myself right. That's all I can do. That's the last straw I can do now. I'm standing up for myself, and, and now it's out on the radio and everywhere in the world. If nobody don't want to stand up and help, I can't do nothing about that. I'm finna stand up for me and mine, and I'm fishing to go get my property back. I don't blame you. There's some things in this world worth dying for, and standing up for life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness is one of them, and I've done everything I can to prove myself, and if nobody don't want to stand up for what's right and defend me, then I'll defend myself till my last drop of blood hits the ground. So let me ask you something. Have you been in touch with, with the Indian Tribunal to ask them to take over your case? You have. I, I talked to the uh, – I called in to the uh, – I believe it was the – Cherokees or Chickasaws, and I called into the Choctaws, and they they told me come in, talk to their police people, all that stuff about it and everything. But I, I know how that goes. I've done it a hundred times already. You go in and talk to them. You have a warrant for your arrest. You getting arrested. You going to jail whether you did anything or not. Even though the law says you're innocent until proven guilty, I ain't going to jail again. I ain't being handcuffed and beat up again. It ain't happening. I'd rather die than for that to happen to me again when I'm 100% in the right. So if there's a I'm warrant for somebody. your arrest, don't they have to see if that warrant is valid? I mean, if they, how valid is that warrant for your arrest? Listen, that warrant was bogus. 
They tried to arrest me on that warrant two different times. They pulled me over on the side of the road. They got me out of the truck in front of everybody in Calvin, Oklahoma. They handcuffed me, throwed me in the truck, everything else, called up there to the court. There was no hard copy. Nobody had a warrant on me, so they had to turn me loose and let me go. Two different times I went through that, and this ain't the first time in my life I went through it. They had no hard copy because there was no charges. Well, once I called in for help that night, they came out and got me, arrested me, beat me up, took me to jail and everything. Well, then when I went to court in front of Tricia Smith, the judge that took our house and everything, who shouldn't have been able to be my judge during this to start with, I went in front of her, and they sat in there and put a $20,000 bond on me or some crap because uh, I was a felon and I had a firearm. And I'm like, your cops just come out here and let people point guns at me and threaten to kill me. Somebody just ran my truck. Of course I went and got a firearm. And I can't protect myself. Who the hell else is going to protect me when the damn local sheriff's department is is in with the thugs around here and let them point guns in my face and my wife's face? I'm not going to jail for no felon in possession of a firearm when I was doing nothing but trying to protect myself and my family when they already trying to kill me and told me they was going to. I'm not going to jail for that. We'll hold court right here where I stand. Okay, so who who told you they were going to kill you? Well, the Hughes County Sheriff's Department made me and my wife walk down to the road and sit there and wait on a guy that we had already called them over threatening to kill us. We, we caught him on property that I was overseer of and he wasn't supposed to be on for the second time. I drove up on him. He took it on the road. I walked up to his window and I said, hey, dude, you know you ain't supposed to be on here. Get the hell off this property. He said, I'll blow a hole through you. And he reached and grabbed a pistol in his console of his little truck. I went in the window on Bobby. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Perkins? Perkins. Bobby Perkins, yeah. I went in his window, grabbed his hand with the gun, shoved it down in the seat, cocked my fist back, and told him if he tried to pick that pistol up, I was going to beat his head off with it. And he put the let go of the pistol, put his hands up. I backed up away from the truck. He said, I'll fucking uh, get out and beat your ass. So I backed up away from the truck, and I said, well, get your ass out. He wouldn't get out, so he tried to run over my feet with his truck and slung gravel all over me and my wife and took off from the property I was overseeing. This is the same man that the sheriff's department carried us down to the road and held us there and let him drive up and point a gun in our face and tell us he's going to blow our heads off. So far as I'm concerned, that police and that dude is both trying to kill me, and I'm going to fight for my life against every one of them. Who can you name as far as some, uh, coming from the sheriff's department? Do you know the names of any of the deputies? Listen, the you can, you, no, there's no names on there. You can look it up right now on ODCR and everywhere and try to find the arresting officers that night, and there's no names nowhere. They've changed my charges in the last two years like four times. And now they're trying to say that I discharged a firearm when there was no deputies around ever could have been there, ever even heard a bullet go off. They said that Steve Berg just left my house an hour before that when the deputy showed up. How the hell would they know Steve Berg just left my house if they weren't there an hour before with them thugs that was doing the crap they were doing? There's no way they could have known that Steve Berg left my house. They were with all the coach, with Edmund Lee Perkins. Listen, Edmund Lee Perkins is the man that killed all our dogs. I watched him with my own eyes mash his gas and run over him with his truck. I watched him with my own eyes pull this pool with around, turn around the road, come back and shoot five of my puppies that was drinking out of a pond out there, not bothering nothing, shot them full of pellets. I watched it with my own eyes. Every bit of this guy called in the Hughes County Sheriff's Department, and they wouldn't do nothing except threaten to throw me in jail if I went down there and done anything about it. I'm... There ain't no more explaining this crap. Everybody knows it, and it's already been told to the feds. The feds are already supposed to be on the crap in Calvin where they embezzle hundreds of thousands of dollars, stole back holes and everything else. 
fed the dang uh, oil field water out of the city water deal. They filled up oil field tankers and crap. Pops Jones and them did. Everybody knows all this, but nobody's doing nothing about it. And people like me, it's got their life on the line. Either I'm going to die or I'm going to kill somebody. And that ain't right. And it ain't right for me to be in that position. My brain is about freaking fried. So let me ask you, um, when you just said, or I'm going to have to kill somebody, you, what you mean by that, can I ask? Is it self-defense? Is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know who to even trust. If a local cop came to arrest me, I have to let this man put me in handcuffs, take me to jail, and then get me until Hughes County comes and gets me, and then takes me, what's going to happen to me between here and Hughes County? What's going to happen once I get in Hughes County, once I done turned this all in on the radio and got her polygraph against him and everything? They tried to shut me up before by killing me or fucking sending me to prison. They tried to fix me up right off the bat. They didn't get it done. And now I'm out here. What's going to happen to me if I let the local law enforcement arrest me wherever I'm at, wherever I get pulled over, anything? They're going to send me right down there because they're going to believe them over me. Even though I got a polygraph, I can show it to them on my phone. I can tell everybody in the world, somebody's got to stand up and do something about this before it goes too far. Because I done been backed into a corner as far as I'm on back. I don't got that much run in me. I ain't scared of none of them Blaylocks. I ain't scared of none of them clowns in town. I send them all back to town with their tail between their legs, and I'll do it again. But there's somebody needs to stand up for what's right because I'm 100% in the right now and in my past, and I can prove it. And if that ain't enough for somebody to stand up, then I don't know what the heck is. I don't even want to live on this earth. Oh, that's sad. This is just... Stephen, what do you have to say about all this? Well, it's uh, it's pathetic that things are in that kind of situation. And the, the last interaction that I had with the sheriff's department is uh, when I made a special trip down there one day and went in there just before closing time. The whole office was packed out, and I went in there and told them that they needed to do their job, and their lack of doing their job was what's getting people hurt around here. And that all they was good for was to come in and carry off the dead bodies after somebody got hurt because they wouldn't do what they're supposed to do. And I've recorded that. I can prove I said it to them. I've got them recorded talking back to me about it. And what did they have to say? Oh, they don't got nothing to say. Everything's cool. There's no there's no problem with nothing. Yep, that's where it's been my whole life. I mean, this is after years of dealing with them, off and on myself or or other people that I know dealing with them. Yeah, James Trent. And I was currently going through I was currently going through an issue with another person causing all kinds of problems, all time, all hours of the day and night, stealing stuff off my property and all kinds of things going on, and called them multiple times, they wouldn't do anything about it. Was it because of the person that was doing it? Or was it I doubt it. it I you? think they just didn't want to do their job. I don't know. No, they don't want to ever do their job. Marsha Maxwell is a clown. She loses evidence, don't have enough. The man, Phyllis, uh, Philip Casavilla, owns the Horntown store. He released it out to people, and they robbed it, emptied the store twice. And it was people that she knew, Marsha Maxwell knew, and she refused to do anything about it. And that man got his store completely cleared out two different times, and she refused to even investigate it because it's people she knew. 
Somebody needs to get down here. The feds are already supposed to be involved in James Street, and they've been treating him like a freaking Nazi war criminal for freaking years now, and nobody's done nothing about it. And it's time somebody stood up and done something about it before the people do. Yeah. They can call me an idiot, radical, loud mouth, whatever they want to call me. I'm calling it like it is. The people are fed up. I'm tired of being handcuffed and beat up. I ain't going to tolerate it no more. If I have to lose my life to make a statement and people finally realize, then I'm fine with that. Well, we're hearing some sad, stark realities, folks, of what has been going on and what continues to go on in Hughes County, Oklahoma. It's not just Hughes County, ma'am. It's every county in Oklahoma. Choctaw County, McCurtain County. Investigate them. Tulsa. Investigate McCurtain and Choctaw County. It's that way everywhere in Oklahoma. That's why we're the number one incarceration rate in the world. The state of Oklahoma, not just the United States, in the whole world. Yeah. My God, people wake up. And I believe that there's more, uh, I believe that Oklahoma has more women incarcerated than in any other yeah. uh, state. More women. The they got more women, more men, more kids, more crippled people, more handicapped, everybody. They got more than everybody in the whole world. That's sickening. My God, the people of Oklahoma are good, God-fearing people. And because they fear God and love the world and love you, everybody in the world, the freaking United States government that wants to turn against everybody that loves God and loves this nation is shitting on the best people in the whole world. You know, Pardon something my French, I heard, Christian. heard um, Langford, uh, now, I'm, now I'm a conservative, okay? It's probably no secret to most people. Um, I'm a conservative, and, you know, Oklahoma is supposed to be a conservative uh, state. Um, but I heard Langford on... Um, the, the news. He was he was a guest when he was talking about the, the whole McGirt thing. This was just a couple of days ago, saying what a huge issue it is with with McGirt, and now that you know people that are um, have the the Indian in, in them that now they're just running, they're they're running free. The people that convicted murderers are running free. Well, what he no, forgot to say, I know what There's he forgot to say is there are tribunals. That are dealing with these things, and so yes, ma'am. And the, listen, does these, these people that are running free probably have a right to be running free? The reason that the state of Oklahoma and our governor is so fired up over not letting this get out is because the feds and the Indians are going to hear these cases now and see all the sorry, crooked, illegal, backstabbing yeah. crap that's been going on in the Oklahoma courts. That's why he's so worried about it. I promise you, when the feds pick my case up. Or the Indians, either one picks my case up and reads all the evidence and I take polygraphs and prove every bit of this crap, it's going to blow this country wide open. I'm sick of it. I'm telling you, and I'm not the only one. People are going to come forth from this and stand up, and we're going to have to stand up for ourselves because nobody else is. They'll put the whole country in the prison if they get a chance to. Well, national statistic, you know, Oklahoma is the fourth most corrupt state in the union, and we got the, the, I've said this before on the show, but we got the, Distinct privilege of being uh, uh, making the top ten hellhole, judicial hellhole list, they call it. In other words, yep. all the oh, judges in Oklahoma, we made the top ten list. Yep. If you can't pay for justice, you can't get it. I mean, the only way you can get it in Oklahoma is to afford it. You can't afford it. 
I've only been guilty of one thing that I've ever been in trouble for, and they sent me to prison twice, run seven and a half years of my life for stuff I should have never been sent to prison for, all because I didn't have the money to hire a lawyer. And I had the court reporter in Choctaw County, Oklahoma, tell me that the stuff he typed in my deal was not in my transcript. He said, what I typed in your transcript is not in your transcript now. And that was the court reporter for Choctaw County, Oklahoma. It's the whole state. That's why we're number one in the world. No, that your transcripts quite often are tampered with if you cannot, if it doesn't go the way that they want it to go, they will alter your transcripts. I know that firsthand, too. I know a bunch of people that yep. know that firsthand. Um, hey, this old man, this old man will testify to it. He's a court reporter, and he'll testify to it that he that ain't what he typed in. Yeah, and they won't let you record nothing for yourself in the courtroom. No, that heck no. Incriminate them. They brought deputies. There, hope. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I think there's a new bill out there um, to allow. It's just a bill. I believe there's a new bill out there to allow in the courtroom. Now, I know that I personally, you know, did record because I realized what was happening with the transcripts. And yep. uh, it, and it, it, it's pretty horrific. So I, I, I had my phone on. I had it sitting right on top of the table. And this isn't about me or anything, you know, but nobody told me, hey, are you recording? Nobody asked me if I was recording. I didn't see a sign saying I couldn't record. I think I might have done it anyways. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, no, this is very standard. It's very typical. Uh, we're, we, are not, we are not the exceptions to the rule, are we? We know that this is widespread. Did yeah, I mean, it's, they don't seem, it don't seem like that big a deal to most people that see this stuff every day. They think, well, the cops must be right. Them criminals out there running the streets. Well, I have done a few things in my life worth getting in trouble for, and I've done jail time in my county and stuff like that for illegal deer hunting and stuff like that. But that's the only thing I've done. And when you get any kind of little record and you ain't got no family or no money to hire a lawyer, anything, any little bitty thing comes against you, you're done. You're screwed. You can go to court with a court-appointed lawyer who is paid by the same people that pay the DA yeah. to appoint you, to represent you in court. Come on, man. And the judge. And the judge. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is ridiculous. They all talk to each other. They can show up for court an hour late, and nothing's done about it. But if you show up five minutes late, you'll get a, 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 a police after you. You know what I mean? They'll put a warrant out on you for being ten minutes late for court. But the lawyer and the judge can be out there talking for 45 minutes, show up an hour late for court, and nothing's done. I mean, this is ridiculous. Justice is for everybody. This is the United States. It's supposed to be even-handed. It is supposed to be the same for everybody. And, if you, you know, you don't get qualified immunity if you're not working under, the, under you know, based on the canons based on your oath, if you, you should, people, I believe there should be certain errors. I, be, I believe that. And, and pray to God that, that, that those things can be fixed and it's not too late. But when somebody is acting in a criminal manner under their 
uh, as a civil servant, if they're acting criminally, uh, negligently, then they need to be held responsible. So all this immunity stuff is by humbug because they took an oath, and if they're not working under the constraints of their oath and their job descriptions, because that's what they are, their jobs, careers, whatever, but you have signed a contract, you have signed oath, you want to break it, then you are not somehow they are. So I guess they are. Yeah, they all are every time. And when you go to court, you can tell your side, tell hey, I'll take. I told the judge one time, I'll take a polygraph test, Your Honor. Nobody's willing to give me a polygraph. Nobody's willing to hear my side. If the police says it's this way, then it's that way, and you go to prison, and you do your time, and you lose all your life. It don't make a damn if you was innocent, guilty. It don't make a damn no more. If somebody's willing to take a polygraph test and they tell that to the judge when you go into court, you should be able to take a polygraph test. And if you pass it, you should be let go. They'll send you to prison if you fail it, but they won't let you go well, if I got one. Well, I, okay, so a polygraph, it's my understanding. I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not pretending to be one. But a polygraph, not admissible. In my under, it's not admissible. It's a tool to help. Right. Right. But you have if they got somebody, if they think somebody's guilty of a murder and they go give them a polygraph test and they fail the polygraph test, they file charges on them and use that polygraph as enough evidence to file charges on that person and take them to court on them charges. Well, if it's enough evidence and good enough evidence to file charges on them, then it's good enough evidence to release them. This one-sided crap That's is for true. the birds, man. No, the door's got to swing both ways. Yeah, exactly right. They, the, the police told me they paint with a wide brush. I was in McCurtain County Jail for something I didn't even do, and they had a list on the wall in McCurtain County Jail in Bell, Oklahoma, and it had the highway patrol, the city cops, and the sheriff's department, and the, all the people in the sheriff's department by name. And it, they kept a list of who arrested the most people all weekend, and they had bets on it. So you tell me they're not out arresting innocent people just to win that bet at the sheriff's department. Okay. And I'll so take a polygraph. I'll take a polygraph to that. Anybody wants to give me a polygraph to that, I'll take it right now. So th- this is one of the things that you know I uh, I'm trying to get at. Don't you believe, or do you believe? Okay, I'm not going to try to put words in your mouth, and we're going to have to close out in just a couple minutes, and we'll have you back on. But do you believe there's tangibles that uh, that people who engage in this are getting out of this? Tangibles such as uh, items such as financial rewards, such as uh, gifts, such as you know, getting away doing things. Okay. Of course they are. Tiny Blaylock's been busted with a pound of weed at the car wash over there, and never even went to jail for it. And he's the one up there with the police. The morning they told us to go to court and be their first thing, we were the first case. We showed up early, and all three of the members of our household showed up. Tiny Blaylock was standing in front of the courthouse on the cell phone, and we walked by. He said, all three of them's here. I turned around. I said, Tiny, who are you talking to? He hung up the phone, walked off, got in his car, and drove out of the courthouse parking lot. We were kept in court all day long till after 5 o'clock. When we got home, our whole house had been ransacked. So you tell me what's going on. Seems to be pretty clear, doesn't it? It happened more than once. All right. You've got a minute and a half want to say and ask what you want to ask before I close out the show for tonight but listeners we will be back on this subject go ahead 
I I just ask for anybody out there, police officers, Hughes County, any other county, if you know of crooked cops doing crooked things to innocent people, stand up, man. I got your back. A million Americans, most of the people in Oklahoma got your back. Stand up and be a real man, a real law officer. Stand up to the oath you took. That's all I ask out of anybody, man. If I get caught doing something wrong, I'll do my time. I'll take my punishment. But you took an oath to stand up for what's right, and that don't mean for just what's right against me and what's wrong against me or your fellow officer. If you know your fellow officer is doing something wrong, stand up. I will be there the first person to march into the courthouse, sheriff's department, wherever you go to stand up for your rights and fight against it. Somebody has to stand up for innocence in this state because this state has gone retarded. That's all I got to say. It's gone rogue. It has gone rogue. I proved it. I took a polygraph test. I spent my rent money to get a polygraph. I've already proved that it's real. Now it's time for somebody to stand up. And you have supporting documents, as in video. Uh, You have witnesses. So you have more than just a polygraph, and that's not to minimize Exactly right. Okay. We have all kind of evidence in the world, but nobody's willing to stand up and do something about it. Well, hopefully somebody will be willing to. So uh, I want to thank you very much for coming on tonight. I'm sorry for the reason that you're coming on tonight, but I hear your conviction. I understand your situation, but I can't imagine what it is like to be living in your shoes and Sheila's shoes, and Rhonda, your sister-in-law's shoes, uh, the way that you are. And I'll get more into that as we continue this. Um, Stephen Burke, I want to thank you for tonight and dealing with this, and we'll have you back on. Maybe we can have James Treat back on, too. Um, and let's start to get somewhere uh, with, with these um, cancers that are hurting innocent citizens. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. We appreciate you. We hope that if there is something that you can do, uh, that you will do it. I'm Tanya Hathaway. You can reach me at injusticeinoklahoma at gmail.com. From listening from all over, because we know that this is just not about Oklahoma, but this is the, what we're working on tonight. And, uh, again, I'm Tanya Hathaway. I'm your host of Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told on Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network and Stephen Burke, 89.9 KLRB-FM Lighthouse Christian Radio. We will be back next Sunday evening, and we will continue. Good night. God bless. God bless y'all.